Hi, this is Bobby Ryan of the Detroit Red Wings, and you are listening to Empty Betters with Nick, Mack, and Harrison. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to episode 68 of Empty Betters. I'm your host, Harrison Schultz. I'm going to toss it across the screen to my co-host, Nick Manella. How are we doing, buddy? Doing all right. Uh, basically became a part of the couch this past weekend for March Madness, so yes. that was nice. Tough loss to start it off, but they, Sparty did not play well enough to, to stay in that tournament or belong in that tournament, so... I can justify that, but yeah, it's been a lot of fun. We've had like a ton of great upsets. I feel like a lot more than like the last two years that we've had it. So yeah, it's been exciting. We'll, we'll get into the March Madness talk uh, near the end, I think, but Oral Roberts is my pick to win it all at this point. So yeah, uh, we're rocking with it. And now I'm going to toss it off to our producer on the West Coast who is betting 11 seeds in his bracket, thinking it was going to be Michigan State, but it wasn't. And he's still kind of going deep. Mac Vogel, how are we doing? Yeah, I'm doing well. Uh, it is funny. You may have seen on Twitter a little a- interaction with one of my buddies that uh, we both picked MSU to go pretty far, and we're still benefiting from it because UCLA is doing so well. So that's kind of cool. Um, but, yeah, March Madness has been fun. I know, like you said, we'll talk about that a little more later. Um, if you're watching on the YouTube, you see I'm rocking my Mets jersey today. I'm in kind of a baseball mood lately, too. I um I'm just itching to go to a game really badly. Like I, I just keep wishing I was at Camden Yards or, or Miller Park. Just There's something about just sitting outside at like a, a baseball game on a real nice day in the springtime. So um, here's hoping I can uh, we can all do that soon, hopefully. But uh, yeah, otherwise can't complain. Excited to uh, talk hockey as always. Yeah, I ordered like a bucket of sunflower seeds so I can just like sit at my desk and like chomp on those and pretend <laughs> I'm at Camden. Hell yeah, there you go. Yeah, I'm right down the street, so you guys roll through. And uh, I'm, like, walking distance pretty much. I I am excited for that. I was looking up the schedule the other day, uh, seeing, you know, the when opening day is, the April schedule and all that stuff. They, they are going to have some fans. So yeah. um, my biggest question is, is everyone going to go to the games now because we haven't been able to do anything for a year, or is the attendance still going to be, like, 10% and it's not going to make a difference what the capacity is? I feel like opening day is going to be insane. <clears throat> Well, opening day is always insane. I'm talking like, yeah. you know, the Tuesday, Wednesday nighters against like the Mariners. Like what's going to happen? Well, I think now you, the thing you have to think about is a lot of people might be working from home and they're probably like sick of being stuck in their house. And they're like, hey, if I'm not having to commute back from work, let me just, you know, if I live close like you, let me just pop right over there, you right. know. Might pop Tuesday. off. Yeah, All exactly. these like early 30 year olds that are living in Can like Canton yeah. and stuff like that and like. Take, yeah. the, take the light rail down. You know the, the people are going to come out for the games. At did, least at um, the beginning. It might did, wear off a little bit. but Yeah. Did you guys see the video of our um our, our president tripping up the stairs uh, when he was getting on the airplane? Yeah. Um, someone, I, I think it was Baltimore Humor. That's a great follow on Instagram if you're from <laughs> the Maryland area. They made a meme, and it was like trying to climb the stairs in the upper deck at Camden after seven Natty Bows in seven <laughs> innings. <laughs> On a student night, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you guys remember right. they used to um, like I think it was maybe late in high school for me, so you guys might have been doing more fun things at Towson at that point. But uh, I remember they got like real strict on like alcohol rules at Camden Yards one year, 
And if you had a like a water bottle, even if it just looked like water, they had the right to come up to you and like ask to sniff it. And if it was like vodka or something, which a lot of times it was with like yeah. the way that student section was at Camden Yards, they'd kick you out. Like I remember friends and stuff getting kicked out for it. Damn. Yeah, it's rough. Yeah, they, they have cracked down a little bit. They, but, they uh, need to. I mean, it's a bunch of 16-year-olds trying to chug vodka that probably yeah. shouldn't be happening. So That's going to end one yeah. way. Yeah. <laughs> at least shouldn't be happening at a baseball game. Do, go do it in, like, your rich, like, grandpa's basement or some shit. I don't yeah. know. Fair point. Um, all righty. Well, we're going to hop into the hockey news. But uh, before we do, I'm going to do the Brackish Life ad read now because we do not have an interview for this episode. But this episode – is brought to you by Brackish Life. Let's take a minute to talk about Brackish Life. If you're like us and grew up on the water and outdoors, then Brackish Life is perfect for you. They have a wide selection of gear from UV shirts to hoodies and hats. It's Real Bay apparel made by Real Bay people. Head to www.brackish.life today to check them out. A little salty, a little fresh, Brackish Life. Brackish Life has also teamed up with Rink to Reef Chesapeake Bay to preserve the area many of us call home. Rink to Reef repurposes broken hockey sticks into oyster restoration habitats. Brackish Life donates a portion of their proceeds to Rink to Reef to further preserve the beautiful Chesapeake Bay area. Support this great cause by checking out www.brackish.life today. Nick, the floor is yours. Sure. Uh, just before we get into the news, a couple of housekeeping things. Uh, we wanted to send a big thanks to Sam M over at Pure Hockey in Rockville. Harry and I popped in there the other day. I know Harry got some new blades. Uh, I got some new wheels, uh, some new laces. Sam was super helpful, hooked it up, super cool kid. So if you guys are in the area and you need hockey crap, go there and ask for Sam. Good lettuce too. Yeah. Oh, sick hair. Props. Um, We have started a Facebook group if you're in the Maryland area as well and you're interested in getting into some pickup roller hockey and probably having somewhere between three and nine beers afterwards or during (laughs) Uh, yeah, let us know if you search empty betters, pick up roller hockey on Facebook, ask to join, we'll let you in and, uh, we'll let you know where we're meeting up and who's playing and should be a lot of fun. We're looking forward to it. Definitely planning on doing this a lot this summer. So, uh, you know, please, please feel free to join. Um, we'll try to roll out to as many areas as we can. We really want this to be fun for, uh, the, you know, everybody, just the listeners, you know, maybe we'll bring a couple things in merch if you uh, are interested and, we can just have a good time. The weekends in the summer, there's nothing better than going out on the rink. Yeah, exactly. Uh, the, I, ha- I do have to say, we, we did get to finally unveil those, um, those jerseys that we had made, and they look phenomenal. They're clean. They're yeah. clean. Very sharp, very sharp. I got your twos is sitting in my closet right now. So, there we go. I can't um, wait to get that thing. Ma- well, actually, <laughs> I asked Mac where should I ship this, but well, I, we don't need to do that live. <laughs> uh, my brain's mush so let's get into the news so ralph Kruger has been fired by the buffalo sabers if you remember on the last episode i had him as my fourth liner and i said that he would probably be fired by the time that you're listening to this and lo and behold he was so the, the day Sa- after yeah the sabers like have just continued to slide i know we bashed them it's been like five episodes in a row now but <laughs> Their latest defeat came at the hands of the Rangers, and that drops them to 0-12-2 in their last 14 games. That matches their franchise all-time low and the NHL's longest skid since the Sabres last did it halfway through the 2014-2015 season. And they're getting dangerously close to that all-time low record. 
held by the Penguins in 2003 and 2004. Where they had 18 losses in a row. Yeah, bad. And then they landed Sid, so that kind of helped. What did I tell you guys last time about the Sabres setting records for like a shitty season? Yeah, you called it. They have lost 14 games in a row, and I don't think it's going to end at 15, to be honest. And their star players out for the foreseeable future. Yeah. And their star acquisition has zero points in six games. And they're probably going to be just like a wholesale club at the trade deadline. So I think so. Uh, yeah, not looking great in Buffalo. I don't really want to beat the shit out of them any more than they already are beating the shit out of themselves. So we, I think we did that quite a bit I f- last episode. I feel bad for Ralph Kruger because I feel like he's a really likable person. I feel like the players love playing for him. I haven't heard a bad thing about the guy. It's just, I think he just got a, you know, shitty hand dealt to him in Buffalo and for whatever reason it didn't work. And he just happens to be the first casualty of that bad situation. So, um, I don't think we'll see him out of the league for too long i'm sure he'll get another coaching job somewhere and uh you know just want to wish him all the best moving on there was a game scheduled last night which is monday between the oilers and canadians that got postponed it was the first game in the north division to be postponed all year i think mac you pointed that out a handful of episodes ago so um yeah that you know definitely threw a wrench into my fantasy lineup because I had a ton of Canadians and Oilers players. So yeah, I hate when that times. happens. It just it just sucks because you're kind of scrambling. The, do we know if that's going to continue? Like, has there been any more cancellations for the Habs yet? Or is that... I don't know, but I I mean their next three games are against each other. It was like a little right. three game series, so we'll have to we'll have to wait and see what they do there. I believe they're supposed to play tomorrow night, and yes. as far as I know, that's Wednesday. By the way, in case you're listening to this on Wednesday or something, but um, yeah, I I don't think it's been postponed yet, but I'm I'm anxiously awaiting because, like you said, I got to make a move with fantasy if if they're going to keep postponing these games. Yeah, the way that goes, you just kind of get screwed, especially if it's like a tight matchup and you've got multiple players. So oh, yeah. not much you can do there. Uh, the Abs, they made a deal to shore up their shaky goaltending. They acquired goaltender Jonas Johansson from the Sabres on Saturday. Uh, if you aren't up to speed, the Abs obviously have Grubauer as their starting goalie. Francois, who is a fantastic backup, has been dealing with some injuries and their third string just hasn't been too steady for them. So good move by them to sort of get some insurance here but i've heard was that guy miska or something like that yeah that's who they're basically replacing with with johansson yeah but i've so i haven't had a ton of time to watch johansson's games but one like buffalo area reporter said this was like one of the worst goaltenders he's ever seen and i thought that was a little bit odd but um i was like maybe it's your team defense that's buffalo right right so uh Good move there for for the Avs, just to just to, you know a little safety net. Why not? Uh, Connor McDavid, you know the league's best player. I would say at this point the 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 face of the NHL is leading the league in points, assists, and tied for the lead in goals now with Matthews. He's got sixty points in thirty four games played. Leon is second in points behind him. No surprise there when those two are on the ice together. They're going to make some magic. Uh, front runner i mean is he just gonna sweep you know art ross rocket richard Hart, all of it this year 
I I don't see a world where he doesn't. I mean, especially if he gets triple crowned. I would. I'm curious. I know this isn't a, a easy thing to Google, but who's the last triple crown winner? It's got to be. It, it's it's not Ovi and it's not Sid. I know no. that. So it's probably. It has to be Lemieux or Gretzky or Yager. It's yeah, probably one of the three. So I don't some, think that's happened since the the nineties. Yeah, it might have been that '95 season with Mario, but it could have happened with Yager. I don't know. It, it, he is on an absolute tear. I mean, if you look at the if you look at the top five in stats, it's like Connor at 60, Leon at 50, and then everybody else is like high 30s. Just watching. Like, yeah, it's not even close. It, so yeah, he's he's a freaking nature. I don't know what else to say. Yeah, from a, a whole lot of goals, but just one to a very significant one. Trevor Zegras scored his first NHL goal against the Yotes not too long ago. Got set up on a beautiful pass from another Team America World Junior hero in Troy Terry. That was great to see. And um, one of the Ducks' other young stars in that game, Jamie Drysdale, had his. it was his first NHL game and had his first two NHL points. One of them was a goal, I believe, right? Uh, I don't know if there was a goal, but... I think it was two assists. Okay. But, I th- but I think he scored, like, next game or something like that, if I'm not mistaken. So the future's bright in Anaheim. Yeah. It's just probably going to take a little while, but... Uh, big three. Yeah, good to see there. The Canucks have made a couple moves off of the waiver wire. They claimed uh, former Washington Capital Center Travis Boyd from the Toronto Maple Leafs. And then they also claimed right wing Jimmy Vesey from the Toronto Maple Leafs. So Vancouver Capitals. Vancouver Capitals strike again. And uh, they're, it's, I mean, or the Vancouver Maple Leafs at this point. But uh, <laughs> yeah, they're really shoring up their bottom six. And I honestly, I love both of these moves for that team. Yeah, they've been they've been hot lately, so uh, they're definitely making that push to get into the playoffs and uh, kick out Montreal. Yeah, it's a good move. I still don't think they're gonna make the playoffs. The um the one thing I will say about Travis Boyd is I don't think people understand how talented this guy is. When he was on the Caps, he would regularly <laughs> get second power play unit time when he was in the lineup. So. Um, a very talented player sort of goes under the radar, uh, but could definitely fit in well into that lineup. Yeah. I think he has a chance to be a solid, like fourth line center, similar to Nick dad. We just didn't yeah. really have a place for him in Washington. Cause we were so deep down the middle, you know? Yeah, exactly. Uh, the Ontario rain, the Los Angeles Kings, AHL affiliate made some history the other day. They had the first black line in pro hockey since 1941, featuring Devontae Smith-Pelly, Quinton Byfield, and Akil Thomas. Uh, it was great to see that. And, you know, obviously, Devo's always going to have a special place in my heart after that unbelievable performance he had in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And it, it's just awesome to see that uh, they were able to put this together. And uh, that I, I, I honestly, I'm shocked it's been that long, but um, great to see they're moving in the right direction there. Yeah, it's crazy that it has been that long, but good for DSP, good for all those guys. I think Akil um, Thomas has his own clothing line. I could be wrong does. on that. Okay. So yeah. I'm not dreaming that. Yeah. It's kind of yeah. tight too. That's Big pretty fan. cool. And yeah. I think he's like, he's been doing that for a while, like going mm-hmm. back to when he was like, at, he might still be a teenager, but I think even earlier right. on in his teen years and his junior years, yeah. um, I think it was Rasmus Anderson, but he tried to steal Phil, uh, Philip Gustafson's, what was it? His first career win puck. Yeah, um, after after the game, they were trying. The Sens were trying to give uh, Philip Gustafson his first game puck because 
that's a thing for goalies. You win your first game, you get the game puck. Yeah, same as and, like a forward scoring their first goal or something. And who'd you say it was that tried to do it? Rasm- I, I think it was Rasmus Anderson. I could be wrong. I think it was. Scumbag move tried to steal the puck. So obviously the Sens came over and gave him some shit. I mean, I'm all for trolling. I'm a big troll guy. I like guys who troll, but that's kind of a kind of an overly dick move, especially if it's the guy's first win. It's like, come on, he, he made it all the way here. Give him the give him the puck. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's always a chance he didn't know. And I, I totally agree with you that it's a scumbag move. I do love that little like petty shit. It's like hockey yeah. players can be the pettiest people in I, the world. I do love the petty shit. It just one makes of, the game more entertaining. One of the best ones of all time. I think it was David Clarkson when he was on the Leafs and Sean Avery got into it over a water, water bottle. <laughs> yeah. It's like, bottle. it's like, don't touch it. I'll touch it if I want to. Well, don't. It's like. Yeah, just, and then they almost scrap over it. Yeah, it's just, it, I, I love it. Yeah, we need more mic'd up stuff too. I exactly. think that would have been funny. Uh, some big news that actually came out this morning. The NHL Board of Governors have altered the draft lottery. Dave, and this is all from TSN's Pierre Lebrun because he's fantastic. But basically these key changes include the number of lottery draws is going to be reduced from three to two. So the last place team isn't going to be able to draft any lower than third overall. Um, I think we all understand why they've made these changes after there was some pretty big. I mean, after the Rangers landed Laffy and they're like kind of a playoff team. And we're in the playoffs. Um, Clubs cannot move or clubs can move a maximum of 10 spots. So only 11 teams can win the number one pick instead of 16. I like that. All these change and that change starts in 2022. The previous one I said starts in 2021. No team can win the draft lottery more than twice over a five-year period, starting in 2022. I'm looking at you, Edmonton, because you know you, you kind of did that for like almost 10 years. So and it didn't matter. They <laughs> still <laughs> fucking suck, and half those guys are gone now. Yeah, but uh, going off my previous point, because the third change won't come into effect until 2022 previous lottery victories won't count towards that team total. So none of that starts until 2022. So it's just a clean slate. Beginning. Clean slate. Wow. That's interesting. Yeah. I don't know if I like that. I mean, it sounds kind of, maybe I sound kind of dumb, but like, what if you win the lottery and you're like somewhat competitive and you're like that 11th to last place team and you land like, two lottery picks that like don't end up working out. And then when the third one comes along and then you really suck and you're actually last and you're not like that middle of the barrel team, you get cucked out of that because, Oh, like, sorry, the ball landed on you twice. Now you miss out on this. I don't know. I'm just thinking out loud. Like imagine being middle of the pack and then you get like Aaron Eckblad in 2014. Um, You know, I'm trying to think of who else I think 13 was McKinnon. 15 was, uh, McDavid, so that doesn't really work. But you see where I'm going with it? Maybe you land like Ekblad and Yakupov, and it's like, oh, well, you're fucked. Like, yeah. Or I mean, what was the Oilers? It was Hall, Nugent, Hopkins, Yakupov, Yakupov. right? Right. Yeah. So you're saying then, like, the year that you would have been first, but you're not going to get it. What if it's like a McDavid caliber caliber player and something? Yeah. Can't yeah. Have him? Yeah. I mean, I understand why they're putting this rule in. Like, you can tell it's to stop anyone from just obviously tanking. Right. Because I think 
we can all agree on this podcast that certain teams have been known to do that in the past. I think twice specifically in history, I'm thinking of. I don't know who you're talking about. Um, but yeah, like I get it. It makes sense. I also, you know, there's been so much speculation about what they're going to do to alter the draft this year. They were talking about doing the 2021 and the 2022 draft in like in the same year this year because they're not sure about, you know, being able the fuck? to hold the event or something. So how's that even allowed? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. It's, I, I was going to say, like, how do you know who you want to draft two years from now? Weren't they also talking about like, um, like postponing the draft and doing both of them next year or something so they could have more time to scout, which like that doesn't make any sense to me. Cause aren't you just going to be down player? Like you need more players in your organization. Otherwise you're going to be forced to resign older guys that aren't necessarily. Right. And like, I understand like, Oh, we haven't been able, you know, scouts are probably and teams are probably saying we haven't been able to travel and look right. at players. I was right. like, yeah, that would fly in. 1985 there's game tape there's game tape yeah Yeah. figure it out i don't like that excuse yeah yeah i mean we're you know i I don't know it's seems a little iffy but my first thought i I don't mind any of the changes other than that more than twice over a five-year period yeah it would be annoying if you won it three or four times like if edmonton wins another four the whole fan base is gonna flip but yes um eh, i don't know we'll see what happens uh, just one signing to get to the caps re-signed uh, Trevor Van Riemsdyk two years, 1.9 million. I know a lot of caps fans were like, why are you doing this? If you're not going to really play the guy, but Hey, you know, defensive depth is never a bad thing to have. I don't mind this deal at all. One quick note on that. I was recently thinking about the caps D situation and how we do have a pretty deep decor and some options we can go to if we have injured guys or whatever, it dawned upon me that we still have Michael Kempney and he is gonna at some point return from injury. And I don't know if he has a spot in the lineup once he does, because all six of our D have just been sick. And like, it made me think like, should we try to trade Kempney or something like that? I mean, I know he's injured, but. And we just don't know, like with an injury like that, once you come back, yeah. what you know what the game is going to look like and he right. he was fantastic in that cup run but it, mm-hmm. it's crazy to think that that was three years ago now yeah so i don't know i was just thinking about that recently yeah some injuries to get to harry gino's out week to week with a lower body injury what's the word uh, they always fluff these these injuries with sid and gino or latang they say one thing it means absolutely nothing it could be he might not be back till the end of the season i don't know um Thank you, Jared Tenorti, home, hometown boy, for for knocking out my guy. But uh, it's okay. Did you see that? Did you did you watch that game? By the way, did you see the highlights? Because Tenorti fucked up Malkin. He landed awkwardly, but somehow it's diagnosed as a upper body, I think. And then Tanev, in turn, like wrecked. I mean, wrecked Tenorti. I think you guys saw that. And I like was in retaliation, basically. Like, yes, in retaliation, but in my opinion, it was also a clean hit and he didn't right. get suspended and yeah. they gave him a five minute misconduct. I was going to say that was the oh, one where they tossed the him, yeah, right? That was stupid. Yeah. They, so ta- that- they tossed him and then they didn't suspend him. Yeah, should- I think that was one of those things where the hit just looked a lot worse than it actually was like the way he like it was the collision that looked really bad but you know, we were talking about this in our group chat and we all saw what Ryan Whitney said about it. It was a clean hit, you know. There's oh, 100%. No, yeah, there's no denying that. And um, yeah, that's just one of those things where 
it happens so fast and the referees have to make these calls in a split second. And, you know, it's hard to blame them sometimes, but sometimes you do want to wring their necks when, when stuff like that happens. Harry, did that one go to review? Aren't they able to review those now? Uh, yeah, they reviewed it and they, they gave him the misconduct and I feel bad because, you know, J- Jared's still out hurt, I believe from that. So that's unfortunate, but. And it was I, an awkward like fall into yeah. the boards, but yeah. the hit was not dirty. I don't think. Nah. There's I can just, see two minutes for boarding, maybe, and that's it. Just because of the the area on the ice, maybe. But I mean, yeah, and like that's the thing is like sometimes I wonder like what is bo- like how many times do you see a boarding call where a guy is hit, not hit from behind? It's usually right. a hit from behind where you call that. Usually. That was a sh- that was a shoulder to shoulder like side side by side contact, and True. the part I, it was just like you know that perfect awkward distance from the boards where if he loses his balance he's going to eat shit it's like three and a half feet yeah so i mean i I think it's kind of a bullshit call obviously i'm hoping jared's okay yeah of course but um and gina for that matter but yeah sorry that was like the day after we recorded so that wasn't fresh in my mind but i wanted to get that off my chest i also hate the term week to week like i day to day i'm fine with because that you know i can genuinely understand that Week to week to me, I'm like, this is the most vague term ever. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Give me a number. But, you know, it's the NHL, so they're going to yeah. be super vague about any sort of injury. Case yeah. in point, Alex Petrangelo is out for the foreseeable future with a hand injury. Yeah, he took a nasty shot off the hand. Yeah, that, that sucks. Pretty. Knights are still kind of rolling, though. They are. Uh, and Tyler Toffoli is not going to play, you know, if these games are played in any of those three games against Edmonton uh, due to a lower body injury. So bad news uh, for my fantasy team and bad news yeah. for the Montreal Canadiens. Seriously, they need that. Uh, so that about wraps up news, signings, injuries, whatnot. And we're going to hop into some gambling news for you all. But before we do, we just want to let you know that these gambling tips are brought to you by the Maryland Mortgage Wiz. Are you planning on buying your first home this year? Get pre-approved and explore all financing options with Dave, the Maryland Mortgage Wiz. Interest rates are at a historic low and down payment assistance programs are available. Stop renting and put your money in a place that you can call home. Follow Dave Fritz on Instagram at Maryland underscore mortgage underscore whiz for more information. Dave is licensed in Maryland, Delaware, and Florida. Equal housing lender NMLS number 3094. My future line mate for the roller league, by the way. Yeah? Yeah, we got got some chemistry there. That's sick. Yeah. So whenever I score, I guess I'm going to have to like like give him a little stick tap. Yeah. Sponsor. Yeah. Sponsor. Buy, buy me a house. Yeah, really. <laughs> uh, let's hop into the gambling part of the episode. So been kind of a weird week. It was hot, cold, you know, all together. Lost a little cash in March Madness. Makes it confusing to figure out, you know, where you really stand. But hockey-wise, two – well, really, it, it's all about the goaltenders right now, in my opinion. I would say the three goaltenders that you got to watch are Grubauer, Flurry, and Sorokin. So Grubauer is 7-0 and in his last seven starts, and the Avalanche are red hot. Uh, obviously, you're going to pay a pretty penny if you're going to be going abs money line pretty much against three quarters of the league. You're looking at, you know, minus 190, minus 200, somewhere in that ballpark against your average team. 
And then Sorokin is 8-0 in his last eight starts for the Islanders, and they've just been on absolute fire. So both of those teams have been playing really well. And if you get those goaltenders that I just listed confirmed as the starters, uh, your odds are looking pretty good, and it might be worth that pretty penny. And what I would also say is that uh, with Flurry, the under has been hitting quite a lot in the recent Vegas games. So if you see that Flurry is the starter, he's been lights out all year. I think the Vegas under when Flurry starts is probably a good bet. Uh, even if they don't win, like for instance, last night they lost 3 1 to the Kings, but you still hit that under. So um, I, I've been liking that bet a lot. It's really hard when you got your average over under at six. If one team's only scoring one or two, you're looking pretty good. Uh, and the other one, the Panthers. Uh, I mean, I think I said last week that their overs were have been hitting pretty consistently. Well, that kind of backfired because they hit two unders in a row this past weekend. Uh, but, man, they bailed me out on Saturday against Nashville. That 2-0 win was huge. You and me both, man. Holy shit. Yeah, because <laughs> I – You guys I, went big on that. Yeah, and I posted er, earlier that week – I, I wanted I wanted the Panthers against Nashville in the first game of the two game series. Lost that and published it, and I was being irresponsible and threw like ten units basically on the second game. I didn't want to publish that because I was like, yeah. I don't want to get anyone in trouble. But uh, yeah, thank God. So thank those God. are really where I'm looking. Those are the trends I'm looking at. You got to look for Flurry, Sorokin, and Grubauer uh, for the next week, in my opinion. Is it bad if I just continue to bet whoever's playing the Sabres for like the next two weeks? Well, I'll tell you what, it's not bad, but what it goes back to what I was saying before. It's every losing streak comes to an end at some point. Yeah, I mean, be they're going to win pick the wrong one. So. Yeah, they're going to win at some point. And honestly, whoever bets them on that night, your value is going to be great. Right. Yeah, I mean, I don't have their schedule pulled up in front of me, but I, I, I don't know who they play hard. They don't play Jersey well, so I don't think Jersey's it but I could see the Penguins blowing one. That's I was going to say, I, I honestly hate to say it, but I could see the Penguins. Maybe even if they have the Flyers soon, they might be able to take advantage of, of how much the Flyers are struggling right now as well. Um, they're just, as, it's, it sucks. I feel like they're just in like a washing machine, just getting tumbled by all these teams in the East. Yeah, it's so true. Um, for my kind of gambling trends that I was looking at, I mean, it's tough not to want to go with the hot hand here. I think Caps and the Islanders have been super hot lately. Um, I think if you would have just bet the Caps money line and the Islanders money line every day for the last like week, you would only lost like two or three times or something like that. Uh, I feel like that may be a good strategy in and of itself is just hit that money line and nothing else like every single game you're probably going to win more than you lose with those two teams the way they're playing right now so um that's one thing i'm thinking about yeah absolutely all right let's move move on to first and fourth liner uh i'll get us started here my first is going to be mika zabanajad uh he was a huge part of that 9-0 spank job that the rangers put on the flyers last week he's also a huge part of my fantasy team uh, since the guy I picked ahead of him is hurt and Taylor Hall, the guy I picked after him sucks. So he got me a 10 point performance just on that game alone and had me 17 on the week. He was fantastic. So he is my first liner and my fourth liner is Taylor Hall. This guy has zero points in his last six games. And I think he's got like two in his last 10. It's just, it's bad. You know, a player that's that good that is only three years removed from winning the MVP award is 
you know, going through something like this. I, I honestly, I feel bad for the guy. Future Islander, Colorado Avalanche, in my opinion. He Islander first. You think? I don't know. Yeah. The abs, the abs are Sakic's one of those guys. He'll he'll put the chips on the table. He'll go all in. I think Lamorello is like a little bit crazy. I think he's gonna do it. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, for my first liner, I got Callie Yarncrook of the Nashville Predators. He was the NHL's first star of the week last week. He had seven points in his last five games and had a huge game against the Lightning on March 16th uh, when the Predators upset the Lightning. And then for my fourth liner, I'm going to choose Cam Atkinson. He's had two points in his last nine games. There's so much drama on Columbus with Torts getting fired, and then he has to deny rumors, and then the GM has to deny rumors, and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that their star players haven't necessarily been producing like they uh, have been in recent seasons. So if they're going to turn it around, Cam Atkinson is definitely going to have to have more than two points in nine games because he's their best sniper, other than line A, maybe. But, I mean, if you ask him, he played well, but I don't think other people think that, so. And uh, moving on to mine. So first liner, I actually kind of have two. I was going to mention John Carlson because he has been very quietly, just steady Eddie all season, lots of assists, uh, gets a goal every couple games. Um, Just, yeah, continuing to be consistent. He's looked better defensively, in my opinion, too. He actually has looked really confident um, just making plays with his stick and with his body in the D zone. So um, props to Johnny. And then I also want to mention uh, UC Soros for um, for the Predators as another first liner, just because, um, you know, we were talking about that Panthers game. And even though the Panthers did win, um, my God, he he lost the game. And I think he made 47 saves in that game. So that just goes to show you how the Predators are playing. Their goalie makes 47 saves and they can't win. So, um, but yeah, he's won like three of his last four um and he's only let in uh let's see one two three four six goals in his last five games so pretty damn good how much money has he robbed me of that's the real question yeah did um did you guys see that video i don't know what league this was in i think i sent it to you in the group it was like the end of a game and this entire team like skates off the bench after they win to like hug their goalie and the goalie just starts punching the players in the face and the caption was like when you win one nothing in triple overtime (laughs) but your goalie has to make like 75 saves (laughs) the other one i saw was when you win 12 to 11 in men's league (laughs) <laughs> yep. yep accurate that's good that's good yeah that is good and then for my fourth liner i'm gonna go with tory krug this is another guy on my fantasy team that just has not been cutting it he's got one assist and zero goals in his last six games he has one goal this season um you know it can be tough when you're moving from one team to another to kind of get your mojo and i'm hoping that's all that it is for this guy i'm hoping maybe he has a big year next year or something but um, we know the kind of player that he is, and I feel like he can put up better numbers than this. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I, I eat shit on that because I was big on him in the Blues uh, preseason. I thought he was going to absolutely light it up, but they're barely hanging on to that to that fourth spot. L.A. is right there chasing them. So um, I don't think I don't so. think that's entirely indicative of him either. I think that's just mm-hmm. a system thing or a team thing. So hopefully they can get it together. Uh, they've had their share of injuries too. Yeah. So for market report, my trending up team is going to be the abs. They've won their last seven in a row. And I think Philip Grubauer is hitting his stride right now. He looks solid. He looks locked in. 
solidified number one goaltender, which is great to see. Uh, obviously, a little bit of a homer bias there, but um, yeah, just great to see that they're doing well and they've really started to pick up the pace. And down team, I'm going to go with Philly. Uh, they, you know, as I mentioned, they got spanked nine zip by the Rangers without their coaching staff. They had like, I think like coaches from Hartford, I think come up or something like that. To Chris Drury was the coach for yeah, one of the GMs yeah. too. Yeah. So just, you know, not that, you know, that's a huge deal, but nine, nothing without your coaching staff is it, it says a lot about what that team can do. And just makes it that much more embarrassing too. on paper. The flyers should be able to handle the Rangers in my opinion with, you know, little to no problem, but yeah. And they've slid outside of that crucial top four in the East that we've been talking about. That's so hotly contested. And at this point, I don't know if they're going to be able to get their way back in. Yeah, it's tough. I mean, they lost that nine to nothing game. Um, and that was, was that right after we beat them twice too, yeah. I think. Yeah. And then after that nine, nothing game, they find a way to come back and win against the Islanders. Uh, and then the very next game against the Islanders, I think they lost like five to one or something. Yeah. So they're just having a really tough time staying out of the L column. Um, and, and the game against the first one against the Islanders, they gave up three straight goals. They were yeah, up I think three, they nothing. were up three, nothing. Then it was three, three. And then they, I think, uh, I forget if it was, you know, or maybe Konechny or one of the younger guys scored with like two minutes left in the yeah. third to eke out a four, three regulation win. And it was like, damn, all right, thank God they got back in the win column because yeah. they needed it. But then the very next game, I think maybe even the next two, they were like back in the L column. So it can be a bug with, with losing streaks in this league. It can be a bug where the more you lose, the more you keep losing. And it's just hard to, to really build off uh, your confidence when you're, you know, you're getting beat nine, nine to nothing by, team of blue shirts with no coaches so yeah i feel like it sucks just i mean we've said it a thousand times this season but this season too like if you go on a losing streak this season it's so there's so many more games in such you know few days that it's just going to hurt you this much more so uh it'll be interesting to see what they do it's either them or Pitt who's going to be the odd one out i don't know who it's going to be but uh, i'm hoping philly obviously i don't see boston slipping yeah i don't either uh, for my market report, my up team is going to be the Vancouver Canucks. They are 7-2-1 in their last 10 in large part to their goaltender, Thatcher Demko, who Elliot Friedman said on TSN's intermission report the other day, they, they've got a gem and they're going to have to re-up him uh, here pretty shortly. So Thatcher Demko's 8-2 in his last 10 starts. Uh, they are on a two-game losing skid right now after losing to Winnipeg in Montreal. They got 4 owed by Winnipeg. Uh, last night, I believe, on Monday. Uh, but hot goaltending is the name of the game, and if you've got a hot goaltender, then your odds are going to be pretty good. So uh, they have kind of turned it around. It's going to be a duel between them and Montreal for that fourth-place spot, and we've been saying it every episode. You guys said we're all on the COVID team uh, you know, at the start of the year, and I said, no, nah, I think it's going to be the Knucks for Denny 4,500, but now we don't know. So let you know the drama what's funny? Did play. anybody think that, uh, the beginning of the season that right now, halfway through the season, we'd be talking about, you know, if, if somebody said, okay, the Vancouver Canucks are going to have a 10 game stretch where they're seven, two and one, and it's going to be all because of their goalie. You would have said Braden Holtby, right? Braden Holtby. Does this, I mean, Demko, you know, Harry, you make a great point. You know, they have a gem in Demko. It's at, at what point do we start to say that the Seattle Kraken starting goaltender might be Braden Holtby? 
Yeah, I, I well, I'd love to see it. Here's here's the answer to that. I think the starting goaltender officially now going forward for the Canucks is Thatcher Demko. So I think you have to say so, and I think based off for playoff sure. performance last year, yeah, He's that's, all, he, that, oh, that's he enough was for me. Great, he was terrific in the playoffs last year too. Yeah, we can't forget that. He's been getting the bulk of the starts lately too. So the, yeah. Uh, and my down team kind of pains me because I, I, I have a love-hate with the Leafs. I do like the Leafs. I love Austin Matthews. He's he's probably my favorite player besides anyone on the Pens. I have a su- I am a sucker for, for him. Uh, but the Bieber curse. Did you guys see that Bieber dropped a music video of, like featuring the Leafs? Yeah. Since that music video dropped, they are one in seven. Is the Bieber curse real? I love this. The Bieber curse. That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> There's a Drake curse. Is there a Bieber curse? I don't know. Uh, the Oilers are now tied for first place in the division with 42 points uh, with the Maple Leafs. It's worth noting, though, that the Oilers have played two more games than Toronto, but uh, Bieber just dropped his new album, Fire, in my opinion. Uh, and now they have the Bieber curse ever since all this, you know, pop culture has been surrounding their team. So we'll see if Austin Matthews can turn it around for his boy, but they have not looked good lately. And as usual, when the Leafs suck, the world panics. So Yeah. I haven't listened to the new album. I'm not the biggest Justice Beaver fan, but um, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's honestly, how cool is it that like him and Matthews are like boys? Oh, it's it's awesome. And I was telling, you know, a lot of people still still think of Beaver as like 2010 Beaver. He's he's different. I yeah. I think I think he's cool now. Like I, it's I'm good for the game too. Yeah, he's a superstar, yeah. and that yeah. just gives us more attention. So. He's the one pop culture figure that the NHL has, so they need to milk it. And, right. Hey, yeah. Wheel of Fortune host Pat Sajak, huge Capitals fan. Just saying. <laughs> but uh, yeah, got got to slap that Bieber curse off. So let's turn it around, Leafs. Come on. All right. So for my trending up team, I actually have the uh, New York Rangers. Uh, here's the thing, guys. They're only four points out of a playoff spot right now. Like they, I know know we keep talking about that. Like those three teams, Rangers, Devils and Sabres are out of it, whatever. And like, we're only talking about what other teams are going to miss out of the Penguins, Bruins, the Flyers. There's an outside chance that Penguins, Bruins, Flyers, maybe two of those teams miss if the Rangers stay hot and they continue to win games. I think both of their goalies have looked really good recently Igor and Georgie, it's proved that they can turn to either one of those guys and have a real solid night and goal. So um, that could be a big factor moving on. That's kind of why I wanted to highlight the blue shirts a little bit. I believe I picked them to make the playoffs this year. I think they could snag that four seed. They could really sneak in there and surprise a lot of teams. I think I picked them too. Adam Fox is fucking nasty, by the way. He's definitely – yeah, he's he's definitely got a. In my opinion, he is the one shining star that's like really turned it up a notch this year. So uh, he's, he's like he's what great. they wanted in Tony D'Angelo. Yeah, but pretty he's much defensively responsible and yes. doesn't run his mouth. Yes, he's 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 a stud. He's definitely a, a, a future number one D man on that team. Definitely, he's already get he might get there this season. We don't know. Um. Yeah. And so anyway, the Sabers. We've already you know beating us to a dead horse at this point. But I just have to say they've lost 14 in a row. They have to be my trending down team. Um, if you tripled the, the amount of points that they have, because they have 16 points right now Jesus in the standings. Christ. So if you tripled that, they would be 
two points above the Islanders for first place, just two points. They'd be barely in first place if you tripled it. And if you doubled it, they would be not even, well. They'd, they'd be, be what, fifth place? They'd be fourth, but barely. So Jeez. anyway, they have six wins. Speaking of points, uh, this is as of March 23rd, which is a Tuesday, obviously. Uh, we just wanted to give you an update on where the standings are at this point. In the West, the top four making the playoffs would be Vegas, number one, Colorado, number two, Minnesota, number three. I don't think we saw that one coming at all. And St. Louis, number four, but they're hanging on by a thread. Uh, going down to the Central, Tampa, number one, no surprise there. Carolina, number two, Florida, number three, and Chicago, I think is the biggest surprise there in number four. Uh, going over to the North, Toronto and Edmonton, as we mentioned, are tied one and two. Edmonton does, I believe, have two games in hand, or Toronto has two Toronto games. Toronto has in two games in hand. Uh, and Winnipeg, number three. Montreal, currently number four. And then bouncing down to the East, the New York Islanders have the control of first place right now. The caps are two points behind them, but with two games in hand in second, then Pittsburgh in third and Boston in fourth with New York knocking on the door. So it, I mean, this is it, this is the home stretch. It's going to come up a lot faster than we're used to. So uh, these standings, you know, you got to look at them every day. If you're, if you're heavily involved, like we are. This is exciting though. I mean, this is right where you want to be halfway through the season. We have a, a race in every single division, whether it's a race for first place or a race for fourth place or whatever it is. I think that central division is super, super interesting because the top three teams, right? Tampa, Carolina, and Florida, they're going to make the playoffs. They're all like in the forties of points, but there's a huge drop off of more than 10 points um, separating the third and fourth place teams in the Panthers and the Hawks. So that's going to be a real battle. Who gets that fourth place uh, between, you know, the Hawks, the Jackets, the Predators, can the stars climb up there and, and try to get it too? That'll be really interesting. So I'm excited for, for the uh, last couple of weeks of the season. Yeah. We're, we're over halfway done. It's kind of wild. Yeah. It's we'll nuts to think about playoff brackets going up soon. Fellas start thinking. Yep. And I think this playoff format, the way it's going to shape out, is just going to be gong show. It's something insane. different, right? Something yeah. pretty interesting for sure. And and it's wild to think that we could have a cup final between two teams that are traditionally in the same conference. Yes. Um, just bonkers to think about. If yeah. the playoffs started today, we'd have Caps pens round one. Oh, God damn it. Not again. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be an easy dub for us. Yeah. Oh, yeah, sure. There's not enough bush light currently on the East Coast to get me through another one of those series. <laughs> I would love it if, yeah. if, if Caps Pen started right now at game one. I'm, yeah. I'm here for it. Start me up. Uh, moving on, just a couple of things I think to discuss. So in my opinion, it seems like fighting is on a huge upswing over the course of this season. Like it seems like it's happening a lot more and a lot more frequently uh, than we've seen in years past, it's sort of made this weird resurgence. Have you guys noticed this and what are your thoughts on it so far? Well, I think this season, I mean, we, we talked a little bit with Rob Ray about this, that um, this season, there's not as many ways to suddenly get, get a uh, fire lit and underneath your team, you know, with the fans in the building, it's totally different, a big hit or a big goal. Suddenly the whole stadium's on their feet and they're cheering for you. You can feel that momentum, but um, with no fans or not many fans, it's tough to get that 
unless maybe you start shit up on your own, you start a fight or something like that. So I think players are kind of realizing that they have to manufacture that momentum a little bit more. And I think that's one of the reasons that we're seeing a little bit more fighting this year. Yeah. And I also think the fact that you're playing series basically every week, you're, you're playing the same team drama builds, you start getting mad at guys for something they did last game, two games ago, or, if you're, I think, Arizona and St. Louis earlier in the season, you played a seven-game series, like quite literally. So, uh, you know, I, I think teams are getting really used to each other, and that's a good thing for fighting and a good thing for fans. I think yeah. it'll be interesting to see how that affects playoffs too, right, with, uh, mm-hmm. with having basically played that type of series all season and then suddenly you're just doing the same thing. I think we might get to see some fights in, in the playoffs, which we typically don't see that often just because guys don't want to take penalties and stuff. But, I mean, look at a guy like Curtis Gabriel. He's just been running around game after game in warm-ups, literally picking guys out, like, you know, to just throw with. I think – I forget who he fought on L.A. It was either last night or two nights ago, but, like, was, like, up against the red line in warm-ups, cross-checking the guy, saying, like, you know, we're, we're going to go. So – I love uh, that Sharks team, honestly. I, yeah. I know they're probably like no chance of making the playoffs, but I love that Sharks team. Yeah. So, you know, he's been a great guy to watch, certainly keeping the the fighting thing up. My other question is, if you guys were going to put your money on a future bet right now to win the Stanley Cup, who are you putting it on and why? For this year, team, team this year won the Cup. Well... I think it'll come as no surprise. I'm going to say the Caps, and here's why. I actually have a good reason for it, not just because I'm a homer, right? I am a homer, but I have a good reason for it. I was watching the first Rangers game, um, the one that we somehow won, even though we totally got outplayed. Um, And I was watching Chara play, and I was thinking that the Caps are going to win a cup because of Chara and the way that he's affecting this team. I just really felt like I could see a tangible difference in the way that he was sort of like leading that team, even not being a captain anymore, but just like his presence seems to really like be contagious to the rest of the players. And I don't know. He looks like he wants to win another one too, and he doesn't have a lot of time left to do it. So I don't know. That's one thing that I'll say. I mean, I think the Caps are very good. I, it wouldn't shock me if they went deep. Um, you guys are going to not like this pick. I really like Carolina. I think Carolina looks good. I don't hate that at all. And no. you have great value on doing it too. It, it's a great value. They have, I would say, a top three coach in the league, in my opinion. They are rated the number one defensive core in the league preseason. They have the forwards. I mean, the, here's the thing, right? Like the Islanders are dominating but if that offense dries up they're fucked i mean they can't go they can't trail in a game by like two goals i mean it it, or maybe they can but obviously their wheelhouse is we get the first goal barring a defensive collapse they can't right exactly with carolina i feel like they have the best of both worlds they can score with teams like tampa and florida and washington but they can also defend because they're so good defensively and so deep, just like the Islanders can, similar to like Boston or a team of that nature. So I- it's it's like a modern version of what the Devils used to be, where it's like if they go up one nothing or two nothing, like early two thousands Devils, you're done, you're not coming back. Except they can score with the best of them, right? And they've got Aho, they've got Sveshnikov. You know, they're, they're, they're loaded. I think Carolina's a legit team that can make some noise. Their big question, and it has been for the last three years, is just goaltending. Goaltending. Yeah. 
Yeah. Which is obviously your Achilles heel in the playoffs. But, you know, if like we saw as it gets healthy and right. Reimer has been playing well to his credit. Yeah. I, I like Carolina. I think obviously the names that, you know, come to mind when you first think of this are, you know, oh, Colorado, oh, Vegas. I don't think it's too far fetched to think that Tampa could go back to back. I mean, that's essentially the same team that did it last year. And I think that their, you know, their division isn't the toughest. I'll be the first one to tell you that. I think there's tougher divisions out there, but I think that if they get hot and they do exactly what they did last year, that they could do it. Vasilevsky is the hardest goalie to score against in the league, in my opinion. Just his size and his talent. He's, he's impossible. Uh, and they've got the, I would say, the best defenseman in the league too. So, and don't forget who's coming back potentially after the regular season. Right? Yeah, Kucherov. Oh, if Kucherov Jesus comes back, it's, Christ. If Kucherov comes, they're he's their best player. I mean, they're in, they're with in no cap hit. Him, yeah. So look at them to make a move at the deadline too. Fuck me! I hate to hear this. Like watch <laughs> watch them go get a rent, like a rental. Um, Taylor Hall. Yeah, God forbid. I was just gonna say, Christ. but Christ. yeah. No, you never know. It's a great, it's a great time right now because I don't think you have a clear cut favorite. No, I do. I I do like Carolina, honestly. So yeah, that's a good pick. uh, I I honestly do think the Islanders will win a Stanley cup in the next three years though. Like I really do. Interesting. Question with Varlamov as their goaltender or with someone else? Um, I don't know how long is left on his contract. That'd probably be a good thing to know before I come out and make statements like that. But, um, (laughs) uh, I don't know though. Sorokin is, is talented. It could be him. Could be Varley. I think with Barry though. Okay. I think with Barry Trotz, they win a cup in the next three years. Sure. That about wraps it up. If, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, pretty much. Not a, not a whole lot of, drama going on in the league in the past uh week but you know we're getting to that 60 percent through the season type ordeal so things are heating up you're going to start seeing playoff brackets you're going to start seeing deadline moves so it's a fun time yeah any, definitely uh, any lofty final thoughts on march madness before we wrap up here oral roberts. oral roberts and fuck illinois and fuck ohio state they both ruined me i had them ohio in my- state really screwed me. i don't know what it yeah. is about march madness but the big 10 like obvious with some exceptions over the course of like the last five years just it's like kryptonite when they get into the tournament and this year i think is big like the biggest tell out of that because after maryland loss it's literally just michigan michigan um and they're so, going down to florida state so. they are uh Loyola like Chicago, game. they look fantastic. Again, just routine, yeah. baby. Something is it, is it worth it to put like ten bucks on Loyola Chicago right now to win the whole thing? Absolutely, or at least to go to the Final Four again. Right. Um, Oral Roberts obviously having the most entertaining <laughs> name of all time. Did you see the thing that was like the uh, the matchup made in heaven? Oral Roberts versus Moorhead. Moore, yes, <laughs> yeah, it really is. <laughs> I'll tell you one one thing one thing that I really like doing is betting the underdog to cover in the first half. That's worked pretty yeah. well for me. Mm-hmm. I I did that with Moorhead State, like you know, pretty blitzed, <laughs> and uh, it worked. And honestly, I'm I'm big on the Beavers. Oregon State. I mean, yeah. one great mascot. Uh, yes. I actually have a, <laughs> I have a T-shirt that my girlfriend loves to sleep in that just says Beavers on it. Um, and they look good. I mean, yeah. they. 
took down one of the best players in the country and an Oklahoma state team that was very, very good. They so. handled that. Okay. State team. Yes. They handled the Cowboys. Yeah. Who do they play next game? Do you know? I, I think it's, isn't it another like underdog? It's like, it's, it might be UCLA or it might be um, their matchup. I thought was decent based on who they beat. It's somebody um, like similarly low seed. To yeah. The, um, I thought Gonzaga looked good. That was an entertaining game against Oklahoma for a little while. Oh, Oregon state plays uh, Loyola, Loyola Chicago. Chicago. Yeah. That'll so, be a great one. That should be fun. Yeah. Baylor looks great. Um, yeah. Gonzaga is just, Nuts, dude. I was watching their game against Oklahoma. I think it was Oklahoma. Yeah. Um, They've got a tough draw, though. They're going to have to beat a good Creighton team and then yeah. either Oregon or USC. So, I mean. It's just – their big men are just so much, like, more dominant in the paint than anyone else that I've seen yeah. so far. So, not that I know shit about basketball, but just as an eye test from a casual fan, I mean, they definitely got some size and strength. No, and Corey made a great point last episode that guard experience in March Madness, and that's something that we've seen. That's something that we're seeing with teams like Loyola Chicago and teams that are, you know, able to go deep. So, you know, it, it definitely adds up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you guys got any final thoughts? Um, I think that's it. I'm all good. More yeah. head state. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, well that'll conclude episode 68 thank you all for listening uh go check out our sponsors that we uh you know had some ad reads for earlier in the episode and without further ado class dismissed